Joe, Mad Dog, Concha here with you today, filling in for Sean Hannity, taking a much-deserved break. I mean, this guy works. You think about it, three hours a day on the radio. It's a grind. I've done it. Trust me. And then you do an hour show. He's got live studio audiences. You're talking 20 hours a week, and that's just the on-air part, all the prep, all the things you got to do behind the scenes. And he's like, isn't he like running Cobra Kai now on Long Island? Isn't he like, you know, Sensei Crease at this point? The guy... Linda, what's he do? It's not karate, right? He does a jiu-jitsu? It's an eclectic blend of martial arts. Oh, okay. He never talks about it that much, so I wasn't quite sure. No, very low-key. <laughs> He's low-key about it. He's going to kill me when he gets back. Uh, but no, this is great. I'm, what are we on? Something like uh, 6,000 radio stations across the country? I mean, this, this Just is... about. Just okay. about. So we got a big audience, and I want to hear from you. Linda says, share that phone number, 800-941-7326, that 800-941-SEAN. I am on Red Bull right now, Pixie Sticks, coffee with plenty of cream and sugar. I got witnesses, so this will be... A hyped-up show, and the first order of business, right, since I am king of the county for a day, is to take a guillotine to the usual music that you hear on this show. Where do you got? Where do you hear what I got planned for you people? All right? You're going to love it. You're going to make your ride home. Forget about it. Not this usual country stuff. I mean, I love country. Don't get me wrong. But we're going to mix things up, all right? This is Joe Conscious Show. Therefore, it's going to be Joe Conscious Countdown. I'm like Casey Kasem, but different. All right, to the serious stuff. So Donald Trump is going to get arrested tomorrow, according to Donald Trump? I don't know. I look at this and I say, boy, didn't the statute of limitations end on this whole Stormy Daniels thing like two years ago? Isn't this basically a zombie case where you have this Alvin Bragg in New York? Now, let me explain to you who Alvin Bragg is, okay? District Attorney of Manhattan, who has gone softer on crime than any district attorney in New York's history, right? And he takes felonies and turns them into misdemeanors, and that's why we have a revolving door of criminals that just keep committing the same crimes over and over again. They end up back in the street, and they keep doing it because they know there won't be any actual consequences under this DA. So this guy, who is the softest of soft on crime, now suddenly thinks, you know what, I should take what is at best, and, and we are being very generous here, a misdemeanor with Trump as far as this hush money to Stormy Daniels and turning it into a felony. And oh, by the way, this is a case that even the feds, the Department of Justice said, yeah, no, they're there. So why is this guy, the local New York district attorney, going ahead with this? Oh, right. It's a political hit job. And when Trump says that the system's against him and, and warns you of the swamp, this is exhibit A plus right here. And this will have a boomerang effect like you will not believe if they actually are stupid enough to go ahead with this. Because they're probably not going to win the case, A. And then, B, even if they do, Trump's number one point, his number one selling aspect about all the corruption that we have in Washington and apparently in New York in the district attorney's office, it's all true. And here is your example. But you know what? I'm not very articulate. I want to hear from Vivek, all right, Ramaswamy. Now, this guy's running for president against Trump, okay? He wants the GOP nomination. And usually the rule in radio is that when you cut what's called a sot, that sound on tape, maybe you go 20, 25 seconds, 30 max, but then that's it. In this case, I asked Linda, I said, can we do the whole three minutes of this video that Vivek basically filmed in the back of his car uh, over the weekend? And this thing has gone viral. I mean, millions of people have watched it because he nails it to a T. And again, this is somebody who wants to take the GOP nomination away from Trump. And this is what he had to say. Cut, button, go. Carolina today. It's our first day here. Went to Dorchester County earlier, going to 
other areas in Charleston later today. I was going to talk about a number of cultural issues in this country, but I find it pretty distracting to just focus on what I was planning to talk about without actually talking head on about the serious news we heard this morning. The risk that Donald Trump might be indicted while running for president of the United States for alleged violations that if it were any other situation would undoubtedly just be charged as a misdemeanor, if at all. This isn't to me about a person. I could care less about defending Donald Trump or any other individual out of some sort of personal affinity. Forget about that. This is about principle. It's about the country. It's about the idea that if you live in a self-governing democratic nation, a constitutional republic, it means that the people get to decide who actually wins the election. Not some managerial class and certainly not a party in power that now uses quite literally, it would appear, police power to stop their political opponents from running. That is wrong. That is not the America I know. That is not the America my parents came to. That is not the America that our founding fathers set into motion 250 years ago. That's the stuff of a banana republic. I think that's the stuff of the beginning of the end of the American experiment if we allow our Justice Department to be politicized and people to literally use police power to persecute and literally prosecute their political opponents. And so I hope, I really hope that the dialogue around this today, that some self-reflection from the Manhattan District Attorney results in them making the right decision to say that, you know what, you oppose Donald Trump, great. Speak out against him, vote against him, do everything you can to stop him from getting elected. That's fair game because that's how the electoral system works. But do not use prosecutorial power to disqualify your political opponents by locking them up and putting them in jail because once you cross that bridge, if you can do it to Trump, you can do it to anybody. And I think that that is a dangerous, slippery slope for us to go down as a country, especially if it involves particularly prosecuting someone for otherwise what an ordinary person would not have been prosecuted for criminally. It's wrong. And, you know, it's not it's not in my interest to say this. I'm just going to tell you this. I was advised to stay silent on this. Probably the same advice that every other GOP candidate got, which probably explains why the other GOP candidates from not Ron DeSantis to Nikki Haley are staying pin drop silent until they get permission from their political consultants and their donors to say something. I could care less about that. I would rather lose and be honest about what I say at every step of the way than to win and be a hollowed out husk of myself and as, a, as a, somebody who wants to be a standard bearer of the principles of this country. This is not about me. It's not about Donald Trump. It's not about anybody else. It's about making sure that this national experiment, which we call the American experiment, still continues for another 250 years rather than beginning a decline with the dangerous abuse of political power. There you go. Again, not in his interest to talk about this. That's his opponent he's talking about. I, I could play for you, you know, uh, sound bites from Mike Lindell or Steve Bannon, like staunch Trump supporters. And you would expect them to say that. I don't I wouldn't expect a, a Vivek Ramaswamy to, to say that, considering that he wants uh, what was Trump's job. Let's play then, therefore, a Democratic supporter on this who happens to be, I think, and maybe I'm a little biased because he writes for the Hill. I write for the Hill uh, as far as columns are concerned. And, and uh, I know Jonathan per- uh, personally, but uh, Mr. Jonathan Turley of also Fox News legal analyst is the best out there. And again, he's a Democrat. And here's what he had to say about this. And again, it's just pitch perfect. And the thing is, it's not even like a political argument. It's common freaking sense. Cut to go. What most people can objectively say about this 
uh, potential indictment is that it's based on very little law and a lot of politics. You know, there's that old joke of a doctor telling his patient, you're not paranoid because people really are out to get you. Uh, you know, the same can't be true in the sense of Donald Trump's complaints about the politicalization or weaponization of the criminal justice system. This is a political prosecution, in my view. And you don't have to really venture very far to reach that conclusion. If you look at how this case uh, came about, uh, it's rather obviously political. You know, the predecessor of Brad did not, Brad did not pursue this case. Uh, the Department of Justice did not pursue the underlying federal election violation. The chairman of the FEC, election experts have all said that this is an exceptionally weak theory. And yet Bragg, who threw a flag on this case, um, decided to go forward after his prosecutors resigned. And one of them wrote what I thought was a very unprofessional book, uh, detailing the case against an individual who hasn't been charged, let alone convicted. Precisely. Uh, by the way, Vivek before said uh, DeSantis hadn't weighed in on it. That's true, uh, because that video that uh, he shot was over the weekend. DeSantis weighed in on this uh, today uh, after a reporter asked for Mr. DeSantis' thoughts about the potential indictment and whether he might have a role extraditing, uh, extraditing excuse me, Mr. Trump uh, to New York. The governor demurred, saying he did not know what was going to happen. But here's the quote from DeSantis. But I do know this. The Manhattan district attorney is a George Soros-funded prosecutor. And that's, that's when he's talking about uh, Alvin Bragg here. And so he, like other Soros-funded prosecutors, they weaponized their office to impose a political agenda on society at the expense of the rule of law and public safety. That is exactly right. If you're, if you're in New York, you see what's happened under Eric Adams and Alvin Bragg. Remember, Adams came in and he was supposed to be the anti-de Blasio, right? Because he's a former cop and he's going to get tougher on crime. And it's gone nothing but up, right, in terms of violent crime. People don't even want to take the subway anymore because you might get thrown in front of an actual train. It's not the same city that it used to be. And a lot more people now, particularly New York City police officers, because they know Alvin Bragg is the district attorney who worked their asses off and get people arrested and only to see them back on the street. They're arresting the very next day. 4,000 New York City police officers resigned last year. It's not like they resigned and weren't police officers anymore. Many of them still work, but they went to smaller towns that had better pay, and a lot of them went to Florida because in Florida, they were incentivized to come. They would get a bonus if they came. Or DeSantis, and this is where he is beyond smart, I think one of the better ideas I've ever heard, I wish all 50 governors would do this, they have a teacher shortage, particularly in Florida. It is nationwide, but particularly in Florida. So DeSantis said, okay, in order to backfill the gap, instead of throwing money at the problem, we will pay for ex-cops and ex-military to get certified as teachers. All right, we'll, pay, we'll take care of that part. We'll help you get certified. And then that's how we're going to backfill the teacher shortage. And it is working big time. Thousands of teachers have now been added uh, to Florida's payroll. And that's one more reason why, again, if this election is simply, whether it's Trump or DeSantis or Tim Scott or whoever the nominee is, if you just make the argument, it's very simple. Do you want the country to look like California, New York, or Illinois? All right. Where those three states, according to U-Haul, who keeps stats on this stuff, has the biggest exodus going out than any other three states in the country. It never used to be that way, particularly for California. Nice weather, nice oceans, decent sports teams. I could go on. But everybody's leaving there now, especially businesses. And where are they going? Top three states? 
Florida, Texas, Tennessee. What do those states all have in common? They don't have income taxes, right? And when you make money, particularly on a big scale, if you're a business, suddenly that 13% like it is in California, that 12% like it is in New York, well, that begins to really mean something. Throw in the crime that we've already talked about in places like that, the, the, the homeless camps that just engulf Los Angeles and San Francisco, for example, and obviously everything happening in terms of the, the border and all the folks coming in through there in California saying, hey, we'll pay for your health care. Yet maybe that's why people are leaving. Not sure. If it comes down to that argument, do you want America to look like Florida or Tennessee or Texas, or do you want it to look like California, New York, or Illinois? You make it that choice, you're going to win independence. You win independence, you win the election. So I, I wouldn't worry about Trump too much as far as this possible indictment coming down. It, it, every legal person, at least the objective ones that you listen to, say that it's got no shot unless the jury is so compromised because it is New York and they probably have an anti-Trump bias. It, 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 I would think, though, if you're sitting on a jury, you put that aside and you try to come to a logical conclusion. But even if, if the worst case scenario comes out, Trump only, this is Obi-Wan Kenobi right here, right? Remember Darth Vader? Vader strikes him down, and then Obi-Wan's like, hey, you know what, you strike me down, I'll be stronger than ever before. And sure enough, he was. He's a big pain in the ass for the, for the remaining three movies. It's like, oh, I killed the guy. He's still having conversations with Luke. How is this possible? But it happened. It's true. So that, that's your analogy of the day, by the way, everybody.